Guys, today we're going to do things a little differently. It's going to be more of a solo act for me today as I'm down in Florida at the Miami Open. Um, we will be splicing in some interviews from J.J. Wolf following his straight set victory over Sasha Bublik. And then Gil Gross, uh, you guys may or may not know about him. He's on Twitter, at Gil Gross. He does great work on YouTube as well, works for Tennis Channel. Uh, just does really awesome, in-depth, more robust um, post-match takeaways. But, guys... Uh, the Wolf interview was, it could be cut short due to the music being played inside the stadium, Hard Rock, midway through. We battled through, not sure what it will sound like. JP will be the judge of that, and he'll splice in what he can. But I uh, wanted to hop on here give you guys some takeaways from what I saw on day one. And I just, for me, it was an interesting day. Because the first thing I do when I get to these bigger events, uh, whether it's Indian Wells, U.S. Open, Cincy here, um, is go to the practice courts. And I think at these bigger tournaments, Often the the action you see on the practice courts is just as good of a level as you're going to see at the matches um, that are being played. So I go over there and I was trying to see you know who who brings fans into this event, who people are kind of wanting to see in action, and uh, I think it was very telling. I mean, it's finally uh, is it, it has been since he won the U.S. Open probably, but Carlos Alcaraz is the main attraction to this tournament. I think this year is he practiced with Felix and that practice court was filled and i think that was pretty cool to see how many young fans i mean and even the older fans really appreciate watching carlos's he goes a hundred percent for every point every ball um and he's really trying to master his craft and i think all people relate to that is he's just a guy like that we've seen young ralpha do it himself and i think people kind of draw a comparison and they like rooting for someone that they feel like is uh, young and hungry and enjoys the game. And Carlos is always having fun, and you can tell he just loves the game. And I think people just have like this uh, – he's got some charisma about him that at 19 that not many have. So he had a ton of fans there. It was super cool to see. Uh, dominated Felix Audrey Asim in the time that I was there. Um, not quite sure what the set score was, but it was just fun to watch those two guys battle it out, big Pirero guys. Um because right next to those two, Sinner was practicing against Kachmanovic. Medi was against Falkina. Um, Coco was playing against somebody. And it was just, I mean, it was pretty telling, I would say. Oh, and Casper Rude was against um, Roberto Batista Agut. So, I mean, not, I mean, the pretty big names out there. And I would say there was maybe 10 people watching Sinner and Kachmanovic maybe two people watching Casper and Batista Agut. I mean, there was, like, no fans in the seats up that at the Miami Open. They have, like, a stands that sits above the practice courts. I was just, like, it, pretty pretty telling, I think, that this tournament is, is going to be heavy, heavy, heavily reliant on the success of Carlos Alcaraz as far as attendance goes. Um, but that was just a quick takeaway. That I, I think I always enjoy that part of these big events is going over there and you – Often the content that that I get is just as good um, from the, from those practices as the matches. As far as the matches and ma- the tournament goes, um, the matches I got to t- uh, take in would be JJ and Bublik. That was a really fun match. Bublik was up a break in the first set. Uh, he broke it to go five four, and then JJ reeled off three straight games, broke back, held, and then broke again uh, to take the first set and kind of rolled from there. But I mean, Sasha Bublik nodded. Not a fun customer to see in the first round. If your JJ is a you know six six guy, that's not predictable with his uh, just uh, he breaks patterns. He pulls out the underarm serve, 
consistently drop shots, likes to just play a interest, kind of rushes the net. Um, just plays an interesting style. But JJ, I, I was really impressed with how he handled that. Um, just the situations going down a break early, and then just kind of staying locked in and focused. Is I think Bubba can kind of take you out of your kind of getting in a zone. So JJ just, I mean, he's moving well. He's uh, serving well, hitting his spots. I thought he played under control, and I think today he really showed his maturity in his game. Uh, with just he's so much more um, just willing to neutralize points when when Bublik hits a when Bublik hits a deep ball. Like he's not trying to tee off and hit a winner like he might have done a couple years ago. He's perfectly fine, you know, just hitting that fifty percent, sixty percent ball back to the baseline and willing to. Uh, fight another day with a trying to wait for his chance and find his attacking ball and it was something I talked to him about in our interview um, and I think we'll splice that in right here tennis channel you did tennis precaution one, I did fucking the other tennis channel shit over there so I'm like I didn't get to cool down <laughs> you gotta go cool down right now alright out here with JJ Wolf after a round one win at the Miami Open on Hard Rock Stadium Court against Sasha Bublik our top 50 player not an easy first round matchup for you JJ talk to us about kind of what you had to do out there to, to get a win today in straight sets yeah you know I, I tried to stay within myself he's such a talented player he's going to hit some good winners on you and he's going to break serve so I just kind of tried to stay the course you got broken I think it was 5-4 in the uh, first set you were down he was serving for the set and you um I saw you talking to the chair umpire and trying to co- kind of calm yourself down and get fo- refocused. How do you find yourself against a guy serving one, uh, close to 130? What, what's the key for you to kind of refocus yourself and get locked back in for a break? Yeah, I just tried something a little different. I scooted back a little more, made some more turns, and kind of asked the question. And I think he made a couple errors. I made a couple good shots, and you know, that's all you need. Your game has matured a lot. I mean, just watching your game since you were in college now, uh, there was balls that I feel like you would, you would press on back in the day where now you're comfortable uh, trying to just neutralize the ball and wait for your next opportunity. Uh, sometimes a guy like Sasha Bullock will, will hit a winner, but you're, you're fine with that and you're willing to fight another day. Talk about kind of how your game has matured and now you're finding yourself as a real factor and someone that not even the top guys want to see in their side of the draw. Yeah, you know, I, I think at some point I had to get some consistency going. Uh, I think I can hit the ball in a way that if I'm hitting it way in, it's still difficult to get back. So I'm trying to focus on that a little bit. So, I mean, what, Miami Open, these, these, these courts are fast. Plays into your game. You have Andre Rublev next round, a competitor that's going to put a lot of firepower into the court off both wings. I know it's early and you're going to celebrate this win, but what's, what's something that you're going to do to throw off, Sasha, or throw off Andre Rublev in that one? I probably won't do anything to throw him off. I'm just going to stay with my game and, and hope it's enough, you know. Uh, I feel like that's good enough. I really do my best. That's cool. All right, good luck next round. We'll talk soon. Other than the JJ match, I also got to watch Struff versus Fognini, a fun matchup that I thought Fognini was going to win. I kept thinking he was going to pull through. Ultimately, in the end, Struff is going to be climbing back inside the top 100. Jean-Lenard Struff, Struff sorry, has the weapons. He's a big guy. He's got the forehand. He's, he looked like he was moving pretty well. He came out of qualities. So he's in form and obviously knows these courts now, knows the balls that, that all these players talk about these days. Uh, I was pr- I was impressed with his ability to kind of sustain focus, I guess, as Fognini was chucking the racket consistently. And um, obviously the crowd was definitely in favor of Fognini. I don't know why I said obviously, but I feel like the crowd in uh, Miami just really loves Fabio. Uh, who doesn't, though? Fabio's a, an entertainer, and I think Miami is uh, ready to be entertained this week. So... That was a fun match. Struff ultimately wins it in three. Also got to watch some Milajevic and Murray on center. 
Lajovic just pushed Andy Murray around. I mean, Murray was fighting, trying to make an extra ball. It did not seem to pay off in any way. Lajovic was ready for it, and he wanted the, he wanted that win today. He was hungry. He was locked in from the beginning. Take t- t- uh, takes out Murray in straight sets six four seven five. I thought Lajovic looked pretty solid, and that's I'll be interested to see what he looks like in the next round. Uh, the late match was Emilio Nava versus Isner. Uh, popped out of there before that one was was over. Caught a little bit of it. Emilio Nava. One thing I did notice was that he looks like he's put on some serious muscle since he was open where I last saw him in person. Um, his his legs. I mean, I don't know if the shorts just got shorter, but it seemed like his his quads and stuff. He looks like he's really taking his fitness to another level, and uh, the physicality of his game will be much improved. I, w- I would imagine. Um, Takes out John Isner, 7-6, 7-6. Back-to-back breakers is most matches against John Isner go. Uh, Isner w- was, was, was trying to test the, the young fellow. The young fellow's athleticism and his court coverage, he just – and he's just he's actually a, a big-time ball striker for at, at his size. On the dead run, he can produce great power. I was impressed with Emilio Nava, and this is a guy I'm pretty high on. He currently sits at 182 in the world. I think by the end of this year, you could see him pushing, I mean, top 100. Um, still young, as I look it up. Nava is just 21 years old, so uh, he's got a lot of time ahead of him. Um, but I think he'll be in the top 100 if I had a, a bit of a hot take by the end of this year. Doesn't have a ton of points to defend, and he's got the athleticism. Has The weapons are, are coming, and he just grinds, and he chases down balls makes you hit an extra one and I mean just his speed he's the way he slides on a hard court is so damn impressive um other matches I watched today Radicanu versus Bianca Andrescu I popped in there for the second third set level was pretty high on both ends I thought they had an epic couple game it was an epic game at 3-4 in the second set uh that Radicanu ended up breaking Bianco Bianca Andrescu and uh it was like a 15 minute game it felt like but Bianca, they're wearing the same outfit, so it's kind of hard for me to tell. But they were playing very clean tennis. I thought Bianca looked impressive. She's kind of getting back into form after having a couple years there with injury, and just um, or I feel like her fitness is, is back to where it was, and she seems to be enjoying her tennis again. And after after the match, you could just tell she was relieved to kind of be celebrating with all the fans. So I thought that was cool to see. But um, next up, Wu Yibing, a guy that I've. I feel like the whole tennis world is kind of taking a liking too. I I think he's a sneaky pick to be one of the crowd favorites at these events uh, pretty soon. He's just got a charming personality, great ball striking. I mean, he just hits the ball so clean. He's an under, underrated athlete, uh, a guy that Gil hyped up pretty well in, in our short uh, little interview here that you guys will, will be listening to. But uh, we will get Gil on the podcast in full here soon. I, we, we, we talked about that as well. But uh, – Wu Yubing takes out Kyle Edmonds, 7-5-7-5. He just continues to impress after taking the uh, title in Dallas. He's just kept that momentum rolling. And if he stays healthy for the remainder of this year, I will be very curious to see where he where he sits. He's at 64 in the world right now. The 23, yeah, 23-year-old is healthy, and on hard courts, he looks dangerous. I mean, doesn't have a whole lot of weaknesses, has a lot of – has a lot of weapons, and I think he's only going to continue to build on the weapons. As the serve will get bigger, uh, I think with more just with more reps, and if he stays healthy, I think he had he did have some was it I think it was elbow problems, um, but yeah, just an electric to watch. If you guys have not been able to t- tune into him yet, 
you'll definitely want to do so. Uh, he's a name that you'll be hearing around for a while. But guys, those are my day one thoughts. We will try to do this as often as I can for the next five or six days. Uh, Going to get some more interviews and we'll have some fun with it. But uh, we'll be tuning in with you guys here soon. Have a great one. All right, we're out here with one of the most famous tennis YouTubers, Gil Gross. It's got a few takes that we're going to put out there. We'll put this out there on Tennis Point Tuesday. Give me your, whose stock are you buying? That's of the participants at the at Miami Open. Give me three players of that stock that you should buy now. Well, let's uh, let's go with some of the players who we were just talking about. Yep. All right, Wu Bing is on court. Yep. We love him. I asked you, where, where do you see him sliding? I, I first asked you, do you see him as a higher ceiling than Demonar or, or lower? And I said higher. He hits the ball much bigger. Yep. I don't think the quickness is that big a difference. His technique is a lot cleaner than Demonor, so he doesn't have those limitations on the power. Yep. Um, and then the, the next player we were talking about was Zhang Xinwen. Now, Huge fan she's of another level yep. because she's got already one of the biggest serves and one of the biggest forehands on tour. Mm-hmm. Just needs to get a little more physical. Yep. She'll be top five. It's a big prediction there, and I, but I don't disagree with it at all. She moves very well. She looks like her fitness is, is there. Um, I think she just has that athleticism, the, the power that the, game, the women's game has now. She fits all those characteristics. She seems to have the mental, like her mentality on the court seems right. She just has the right head on her shoulders. Uh, give me your, yeah. Can I, can I, yeah, can I give you a Miami Open dark horse? Ooh. All right. He's, he's playing right now, and he just won the first set 6-1 over Nuno Borges. Emil Rusevori, this guy loves Miami. All right, here's, here's your Rusevori tidbit. He's never lost in Miami to someone not named Yannick Sinner. That's, that's a good nugget right there. Two, two appearances. In 2021, he beat Alcaraz and Zverev. Now, look, it was 2021. Carlitos wasn't really Carlitos yet. But the guy... So Alcaraz lost to Murray, then came here and lost to Rusevori? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he... Rusevori has that... He's, got, he's a, like a rangy, has, uh, has some firepower... Has the fluidity, has the movement, has the serve to do some damage, has a solid return. I think if he can showcase any improvement in the front court, I think he, because the courts are fast. Yes. Um, Rusevori, I love what he does off the ground. I just think it's kind of everything else that is a little bit mm-hmm. average yep. uh, from movement to serve to volleys, uh, maybe even the mental side. Mm-hmm. It's but but the bread and butter, or, or I guess not the bread and butter, the the meat and potatoes. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the meat and potatoes are there yeah. for Rusevori. Yep. He's the guy that puts the work in on the practice courts too. You watch him every tournament I've ever been to. I feel like he's the guy that stays out there all all day every day. Uh, him and Center, you know, I used to mention Center. I feel like they, they have a similar. I feel like he has a similar style to Center. He's not as good off the serve, not as not as clean off the returns. Not quite the volume yet, but he's got all the potential that I think Sinner has. Uh, I think he like Sinner doesn't look like the athlete that Rusevori is until the ball's put in play. Then all of a sudden, Sinner just becomes a different type of player. Yeah, I mean they are very very similar. I, I'm with you. Uh, Rusevori is is Sinner light. Um, Yannick has worked so hard on the serve; it's gotten so much better. Uh, he's obviously got a little more power. You know, Rusevori hits big, but not not center big. Yannick, 
if you look at the the data forehand and backhand but especially on the backhand he's top one percent in terms of ground stroke speed and Rusevori is probably like top top 20 percent mm-hmm. um he topples it he can topple it he can he can so last question of the top tier guys the guys that don't have a masters yet who could you see breaking through and claiming their first masters hmm okay can you can we can we throw some names around felix I like Felix this week. Okay. Um, Shapovalov. I don't know about that one. I'm trying to think. Actually, of well, a couple of years ago, Felix and Shapo were both in the semis here. Tiafo. Uh, it, it's a tough turnaround with Indian yeah. Wells. He's he's the guy. I'm not that concerned about Alcaraz and Medvedev, uh, because I think you know just. That's crazy to say because Medvedev just came off an ankle injury, but that's how good he is. Fit- his fitness level is that high that he can bounce back. Yeah, he, he it, clipped, it, clipped it, wing. it was a faux injury, yeah. meaning yeah. not that yeah. he embellished it right. at all, but right. it's just it looked worse than it ended For up sure. being. I mean, he, he even said that he started playing better after the injury, which I think is undoubtedly true. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, though, to come from Indian Wells to, to Miami. It's so, not an easy turnaround. So you got what, Tiafo Felix... I'm trying to think of the best talents that could possibly take it that have not taken a Masters home yet. If there was a Grass Masters, I would, you know, I think that would help Felix a ton. Yeah. Uh, there's not, obviously. I think Cincinnati would work for him. I think here might work for him. Of course, they're playing pretty quick. I think Felix is uh, is really good in the heat and, and the humidity. He actually has trained quite a bit in Miami. Um, he's also in a good section of the draw this week, so I do like him to the semis. Well, it's just curious to me why these courts are not as quick as Cincinnati or the U.S. Open. I don't under- quite understand that. I go, well, how, how can, is, it, is it the actual court surface or is it con- conditions? Well, uh, the balls are different. Um, th- they use Dunlop here in Miami. They use Wilson all summer long, um, you know, up until the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. So that could play a factor. But I, I do think more than anything it is just the court surface. Mm-hmm. All right, so you, you you're not taking you, you don't think any of the guys that has not claimed a Masters could come through and, and take a title home? Not this week. Not this uh, week. Felix in his career should certainly win a Masters. The tennis world is waiting for him to break through. He's he's gonna do it. It it may not be. I I guess it's gonna be. Yeah, there's nothing on the grass. I I feel like he needs a fast surface, and this might not be fast enough. He might need Cincinnati. Uh, maybe uh, or. Actually, the, the one that we're missing is the Paris Masters, and yeah. which not only is the Paris Masters wonderful for him because it's indoors, also it's a Masters that many players have won their only Masters title in Paris. Ferrer, Jack Sock. Uh, Holger? Holger, although, you know, yeah. he just started really. Yeah. But uh, it, it's a it's a tournament. Jack we've Sock even won the we've Paris seen Masters. some yeah, and we've seen some weird finalists as well. Uh, Philip Krajinovic made the final. Jerzy uh, wow. Janowicz made uh, the final. No way. I, I w- I, if you would ask me a trivia question, I would have missed on both of those. <laughs> All right, last question. This is the really last question. Iga Shvantec out with a rib injury. The field is open. Rabakina quick turnaround. Sabalenka quick turnaround. Where do you see the? If you had to make a prediction, it's day one. Where do you see the women's? Who, who's taking? Who's holding the trophy at the end of this one? It uh, it sounds like Krejcikova. If we're gonna, I think she is. Barbara. I think she's knocking on the door right now on, on the level of those three, of, of Iga, Sabalenka, and Rybakina. Uh, so, you know, if she gets the benefit of some adjustment and fatigue issues, which I think would be understandable, uh, then I, I think she's kind of next up on that pecking order. I like it. All right, Gil, we'll have you on the podcast in a full 
uh, embellished conversation, but I needed to get some hot takes from you in Miami. Appreciate you, Nate. Let's go. <laughs>